Henry Shuck began selling from a young age. The sales training I was getting at 12 and 13. He started his own company from his law school dorm room. Would be largely the same sales training I was doling out to an actual sales team at Zoom Info. Moving into an office space that was not the best. Think about the worst office you've ever imagined. That's where we were. When the biggest lead at the time showed interest. I was like, okay, I'm taking that one, right? Best lead, I guess. It, but I was embarrassed that it would be me. Henry did whatever it took to close the deal. So I concocted up like a different persona, this guy named Ron Smythe. That and more on this week's episode of Pretty Big Deal. So before Zoom Info, what was your first experience in sales? Like what was your first real sales job? My first real sales job, I was 12 years old. I was walking home from middle school and there was a guy handing out flyers on the street as the students left middle school about a door-to-door newspaper subscription selling job. And it said, make like 10 bucks an hour. And I was like, okay, I really want a job. And this sounds interesting. And so I called the guy and said, hey, I'd be really interested in this job. He said, great, I'll drop a packet off at your house tonight. You can start on like Thursday or whatever. The packet that I got was basically a script for how you sell newspaper subscriptions door to door and then a list of objections that you would get and then the responses to those objections and like a little bit of a training manual too. So it said like, you do not leave the door until you've had six no's. So once you get six no's, then you can leave. And then all of the things that someone could say were outlined. Like, I've got to talk to my wife or I've got to talk to my husband. There was an objection. I already have a different newspaper. There was a response. I'm not really going to read it. There was a response. You just had everything somebody could ask you and you knew exactly what to say. So I could committed the whole thing to memory. And so I knew exactly what to say regardless of what the response was. And the first day, the guy like comes in a van, picks us, picks me up from my house. Uh, and he's like, you know, like a 30 year old guy who runs this thing for the local newspaper and like a bunch of other kids from different schools, some from my school also get into the van. And then he drops you off in a neighborhood uh, and you had like one main street and every street off of it. And so then you just walked up and down the streets. You knocked on doors and you said, hey, would you be interested in a subscription to the Glendale News Press? And so at the end of the night, the first day I outperformed everybody else and I couldn't like figure out why. And I realized like, okay, it's just because I memorized all of these objections and what to say. And so you'd get into the car at the end of the night and you'd go like, how many orders? I had 10, eight, seven, six. And like, you'd count up your orders, you'd turn them in. And then on the car ride home, because he'd drop you off, he'd also buy you Burger King on the way home. But as he'd drop you off, he would tell you like, you would share best practices basically. like. This woman said this, I said that, this guy said this, I said that. I did that job for probably two years, saved up a bunch of money, maybe longer, three years. I was making like kind of $30 a night um, and I'd be working kind of two and a half hours, two and a half to three hours a night. So it was like really good money for a 12 and 13 year old. Uh, I love that job. Looking back, are you like, that was good sales trading or you're like, missed some opportunities or? (laughs) 
Yeah, like I didn't really appreciate that it was like the sales training I was getting at 12 and 13 would be largely the same sales training I was doling out in my like late 20s to an actual sales team at Zoom Info. And the, you know, the construct is the same, right? Like you have a script, you know, like how to present your, your product or your service. You have a list of objections that are going to come up. You have your responses to those objections. Like that, that construct, that framework exists today. It existed then. And I remember when I was writing the first sales training manual at Zoom Info, thinking about how like similar that process was. And so like, I've never really forgotten the lessons throughout throughout that time. Okay, so that's so that's Henry in middle school th- selling off newspapers like nobody's business. I was crushing newspaper <laughs> sales in middle school. There was nobody. I don't think there was anybody better than me. Do you guy. think? Okay, and after after middle school, after this, were you like, I'm going to be in sales? Like, I love this, and I'm really good at this. Or was this just like a one off job? This was kind of a one off job, and I'm competitive. So like, I loved getting in that van and going like, I got 10, how many did you get? How many did you get? How many did you get? So the competitive aspect of sales, I always really loved. Um, and I loved there too, but I came out of that and I didn't really think about sales as a profession until you know much, much later. Okay, let's fast forward. Tell me, let's start uh, about this pretty big deal. Uh, set the scene. How old were you? Where are you working? So it's 2011. I am 27 and I'm working at Discover Org, which was uh, the precursor to Zoom Info. So you can think of it as early Zoom Info. And we were selling a very you know similar earlier version of the platform that we sell today, but really focused around just company data and contact data. I'm pretty sure that up to that moment, maybe the biggest ACV deal I sold was 50K. And we stumbled into this opportunity with CenturyLink at the time. And I was the CEO of this company and we were still a very small business. And I was really intimidated. It was like this big, they had, you know, CenturyLink had their name on stadiums and billboards and everybody knew them. And it was this big professional company. And I was just like this little, you know, in my mind, junkie startup. How did you get in contact with them? So we ran sales automation and marketing automation plays. And so we, we sent out an email saying like, is this, is this data uh, interesting to you? And if it is, let's set up a demo and show you uh, the platform. So when CenturyLink said like, yeah, we'd be interested. I was like, okay, I'm taking that one, right? Best lead, I get it. But I was embarrassed that it would be me. I was embarrassed that like they would go like if this was a real company, the CEO wouldn't be like the frontline sales rep. So I concocted up like a different persona, this guy named Ron Smythe, who was just like a seller inside of Zoom Info. And I was like, look, it's not going to harm them that a different name was taking them through the sales process. And it made me feel like less of an imposter. And so the lead came in. We started the sales process. The uh, My POC was really great um, and was guiding me through the motion. It was all virtual. And I remember when I realized how big of a deal it was gonna be, like it was gonna 3X any other deal that, that I had done. And she was like, okay, well, we wanna you know roll this out to 350 users. Like how much would that be? Like, oh, 
yeah, that's $150,000. And she was like, okay. And I was like, really? Like, is it okay? It's, it's really expensive, but she didn't flinch. So, so this is like way bigger. Like what is the average deal for Discover Org Zubibo at that point? Like 10,000 or five or what? 20,000, probably $20,000. Okay, so this 15, is like- $15,000, $20,000. Did you have, did you, when you saw that name where you were like, this is gonna be gigantic. Like this is definitely gonna be 150 or were you surprised to even throw out that number? I was surprised to throw out that number. I thought for sure that it would be like a big deal, but I was thinking like 50K, maybe maybe 75. So deal's going well. We do trials with a bunch of their sellers. The sellers love it. There's like raving feedback. And I'm on like the five yard line with this deal. It's it's all just like a matter of like sequencing and time. And she's off getting budget from a bunch of different stakeholders internally. And then the like president of, of the company gets an email from our closest competitor at the time, a company called Rain King. And they were the ones that like I woke up every day thinking about. So our closest competitor, the, the products are, are similar. And this, they, the, the president gets an outbound email from Rain King when I'm on like the five yard line of closing the deal. How long has this been going on for? Like, how long is this? Oh, is this months, days, weeks? At this point, it's months, probably two months in. I know exactly where I was. I know exactly the feeling I had when my POC sent the email that said, hey, my president just got this email from Rain King. Like, what do you, how would you respond to this? I'm like, oh my God, I've got this like huge deal. It's within my grasp. And now my competitor is going to get in and it's going to muddy the water. And like worst case scenario, I lose the deal. Best case scenario, I'm going to spend the next like three months rearticulating the value and trying to get in front of this president guy. And so I called my POC right away. Then she was like, look, send me an email that explains that you do the same thing, that you do it better so that I can send it to him and say like, you're right. It is a great thing that we should have for our sellers. In fact, I'm about to move forward with a contract and I'm going to ask you for budget for the number one in the space. I was like, got it. And I went to work like building like a couple of slide decks and an email that outlined that we do the same thing, that it's more robust, that we're a better platform. The interesting thing was in that moment, I realized that uh, when clients or prospects that you've built a relationship with, send you an email like that, that asks you what about your competition. They're not trying to upend the deal. They just want you to do the work for them so that they can communicate internally in the best way possible. So you send the email, what happens next? So I send the email, she responds perfect. Great, thanks, I'll circulate this internally uh, with him. Shouldn't be a problem. And it wasn't, it like never came up again. And the deal gets closed kind of three weeks later. And she goes, great, we wanna bring all of our executives up to your office for a day of like training and onboarding and understanding everything. And we're in this like the worst office you've ever seen. I don't even know how to describe it. Think about the worst office you've ever imagined. That's where we were. Homeless people would wander through our office during the day, just like wander right in. 
we had to like put a keypad lock on this door that faced the street is in the worst neighborhood in the in the community it was unsafe people's cars got broken into in the parking lot it was just like not a great place to be and i was like oh my god like there's she can't and so i was like oh my god what am i gonna do and i wrote her back and was like hey actually my ceo and our other account manager would love to actually come to you in Dallas and meet with your team and do trainings there. Like, would that work? And she was like, yeah, of course, you guys should come here. And so it was like crisis averted. And then, uh, and then I went down to Dallas for two or three days for a full like onboarding and training of CenturyLink's reps. And people were like so excited. But you'd have these moments in these trainings where they'd go like, there'd be some guy in the audience who didn't think it was real. And he would go, well, pull up Kaiser Permanente then. And I'd go like, all right, here we go. And I'd pull up Kaiser Permanente and they'd be like, oh my God, those are all the right people at Kaiser Permanente. It took me three years to get a hold of like that guy, number three. And there's his email, there's his phone number. And the place would be like so excited. And you'd always have, you'd have like a, in this training, there was like a VP in the room when that happened. And he was like, no more excuses, no more excuses. Like you guys have access now to the greatest tool that exists for salespeople. No more excuses about can't get a hold of somebody, can't get in front of that company. No more excuses. And I guess like out of all the deals you could share, why, why this one? I think one, it was the biggest deal in the company's history at that point. Definitely the first time I cracked six figures on a deal. And then it gave me confidence that we could continue to sell to large enterprises, that even the biggest, most sophisticated companies could get real value out of Zoom Info. And then it taught me the lesson about when a competitor shows up in your deal, what your playbook is next. And it isn't to panic or get mad or disappointed that your POC has, you know, abandoned you at the last minute in your sales, but it is to provide them with the data and talking points and slides to respond to that internally because that's what they want to do. And it's also what they're least armed to be able to do. And then I guess any just sort of last bits of advice for salespeople today? I think, look, sales is hard and it's stressful and you never know when the competitor is going to show up with a random email to the president of the company on the five yard line of your deal. But your job is to navigate that cycle, to build a strong enough relationship that gives you an opportunity to always have, to always respond. And so you want to be there to be able to lay out your perspective, to be persuasive, um, and to win the deal. I think the one number one thing that I appreciate about sales is if you don't tell the customer your perspective and why you're the best solution for them and get in their heads why they should be transacting with you, don't expect them to figure it out when you hang up the phone. This episode of Pretty Big Deal featured Henry Shuck, CEO and founder of ZoomInfo. It was produced by Sam Balter and edited by Xavier Leong. If you have a pretty big deal to tell us about, write in to prettybigdeal at zoominfo.com. Otherwise, we'll see you on the next episode.